Welcome, everyone, to Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. Hope your trip was uneventful. Grab a stool and a drink. Tonight's subject matter will cover the concept of originality and ideas in the modern world. This idea popped into my head over the week while discussing another topic with another podcast. It's something that has been rattling around in my head for a bit, but I haven't really deep dived into it because it never seemed like something I wanted to really dwell on too much until the more recent events. The concept goes as as follows. Everything is derivative. There is no such thing as an original idea anymore because everything's been done. And I question that concept on its face because it feels as though there are still avenues and things that likely haven't been found yet in one way or another. The internet is a wellspring of new ideas that nobody else has thought of. So it's weird that that the concept as a whole of derivative nature is such a fallback for people to prevent them from actually doing something that makes them happy. I'm not personally attached to the concept of originality anyways, because I'm a little bit older. I can't say I've seen everything, but in my personal observations when it comes to things like pop culture and media, there does seem to be a, a a fair bit of redundancy and it's, and, and that might just be from my personal experiences or it might be from the fact that the things have all the, the grounds have already been trodden. Not sure which one at this point. And honestly, doesn't really matter because both avenues lead to the same conclusion repetition repetition is the starch of life if variety is the spice and when you have situations like in movies and video games and other pop culture avenues such as that where th- where tropes tend to get created tend to get used over and over again the concept of derivative of derivative uh, identity is something that is very much in play, but what you end up with is something that is given gives somebody the opportunity to take an existing trope and take it in a direction that it wasn't taken before. With that being said, what's your thought process on it, Lando? Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and divide the uh, the topic just for, or at the very least, let's discuss it from a from a uh, from a versus stance here, uh, because I think it would be a fair and healthy way to, to discuss the different aspects of the discussion. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and argue for the fact that you know, thing ideas are relatively derivative because. I, I like it said. Um, there has been a, uh, an excess exhaustion of ideas placating these past few years. Uh, more recently, in the past five years, because I would like to say that imagine uh, hu- human ingenuity is only as limited as imagination, and I will as one's imagination. And I would argue that we have effectively stunned our imagination as a whole, as a society in the past 30, 40 years. Because one of the things that, uh, one of of the double-edged side effects of having creativity is the, um, is the, what do they call, uh, I would say the normalization of that concept and idea uh, and idea 
one example that I'd like to give off uh, is uh, the idea of the Japanese macaque, for instance. Uh, I know we're using a, I'm using a, uh, an animal, but you'll, you'll see the point because they're social creatures, I would like to say, just like we are. Um, and about 40, 50 years ago, one of those, one of the macaques uh, learned to not only uh, season the season the sweet potatoes that they would uh, be given by the scientists who were researching them, uh, that low macaque would uh, would essentially inspire all the other macaques to follow suit, and they would learn this information and pass it down to the next generation, so on and so forth. Now, their ingenuity and creativity can only go as far as it has because they haven't really done that much since, all things considered. I would assume that the macaque would probably not be able to uh, advance create creatively or technologically as quickly as a human being given their limited uh, brain capacity. But it's, a sh it's to show an example that human beings are dealing with something similar, but, uh, but at a much faster rate. Uh, humans will come up with all sorts of creative ideas from, uh, from time to time. And we sim and the most most people who aren't being the creative ones just simply absorb the knowledge and add it to their repertoire of knowledge. And in my personal opinion, the ones that don't end up being the creative types just further stagnate on how they, on how they process and develop ideas of their own. I know that I personally have fallen into this, uh, this little conundrum because some of the stories that I write personally um, that I've developed have certainly taken ideas and inspirations from other mediums that I've consumed over the years. Heck, the very first story I've ever came up with was essentially a ripoff of Dragon Ball Z for over half a decade before I started, um, you know, just before I finally started changing up the idea and the, con the ideas and concepts of what it would turn out to be. It can affect, I could, I would argue that the, the extremity of how ideas are formulated, postulated, and processed and spread throughout uh, modern-day society, just essentially it can be both inspiring and crippling to people at the same time. Inspiring to those that may be just fortunate enough to spark inspiration while crippling to those who weren't even close to it and are only now just burdened with uh, further stagnation. So my, so my question to you is, in regards to dealing with that stagnation what do you believe are the more effective remedies in general? I mean, you know what works for you, but what would you suggest to someone else who, who feels that way? The best way that we can combat this stagnation is to be open to ideas and methods that are not something that you're normally comfortable with. I think the biggest, I think the biggest contributor to it is, uh, uh, bias confirmation or confirmation bias. There we go. Where you are just simply taking ideas that you agree with and just not allowing yourself to stimulate your personal growth as a result. So I think one aspect that needs to be changed is that people need to be challenged on idea that have their ideas challenged. 
not necessarily outright overwritten because there are obviously ideas that are going to they aren't going to be overwritten it's it's not happening and i'm talking about like simple virtues or basic virtues for instance but if we're looking at if we're looking at uh, uh, creativity we're looking at like inspiring new ideas new paths new technologies i think people need to be uh, exposed to uh, ideas and philosophies and tech that they are not very comfortable with, because it, or at least something that cha- something that challenges their thoughts, that gives that helps stimulates their minds. Because at the end of the day, we are human beings. We are animals just the same, and we have a. Just as I discussed with the macaques, um, we aren't entirely that we can be just as uh, willing to conform to what is already available if we are, you know, comfortable with it, as we can be uh, inspired to um, uh, to develop and research because. Give in mind that the if you compare one the last century to the current one, it's night and day. Or if you want to compare the 20th century with the 19th century, it's night and day. And then you have the 18th cent the 19th century to the 18th century, it's they're a lot more similar than when you compare with the former. So we know that at the very least, there hasn't been nearly as much of a drive to come up with uh, new ideas, whether in literature, sciences, or mathematics, as it's been in the past 200 years. And that's because we may have grown very comfortable and accustomed to the well, lack of the better word, the first world style, the first world uh, um, system that we've clearly gone accustomed accustomed to. Remember, or at the very least, um, for some who may uh, may not necessarily have noticed, there are a lot of technologies that are being developed, researched, and developed. In less, in I wouldn't, I don't want to say lesser countries, but less developed countries. Um, yeah, that would be the more appropriate. Less developed countries, because they're being, uh, they're being, they have the incentive to push forward innovation. Now, that innovation may still be inspired by uh, by the knowledge they acquire, of course, by existing ideas, of course. And that's probably more – that's probably for the better part, at least in those particular instances, since, you know, you know um, it's actually good to some point to actually, you know, uh, w- work on a foundation that actually works. But they also have the freedom to be able to, while working on a on a uh, on a workable model, to develop new ideas that can push and te- uh, push and really uh, advance the uh, the technological and sociological progress that we've achieved thus far. I know that was quite the winded answer, but I think in discussing and expanding upon it, I think I would go as to people need the right incentive to push themselves to progress further. And I think the comfort of being in a, um, uh, in a comfortable society like ours there's not much incentive to push forward. I mean, especially when it comes to the last 20 to 30 years 
a lot of our a, a lot of our progress is mostly on the entertainment basis more than anything or at least the most popular the, mo- the most popular achievements known are more towards the entertainment industry rather than anywhere else but you know i guess that's that's just from my humble observations of course i think with regards to pop culture in general things don't when it comes to those particular avenues they the creativity the cultivation of creativity sparks in two different directions but it's and and this goes for if you want to break it down in general this goes for anything in particular but it's more of a it's more of a 70 30 split 70 percent of the time things just spontaneously generate out of the ether if you look at a lot of the memes that happen and the, the different uh, v- popular videos and stuff, these things are just created by people. If they're using tropes that are already existing, then you could say, yes, the trope usage is a, der- is a derivative experience, but what they end up creating using those building blocks ends up being greater than the sum of its parts in most cases. Okay. So so when you go and, you know, a popular meme or a popular YouTube video or, you know, whatever social media, you know, trend suddenly pops out of nowhere, unless it's something that's driven by a PR company, which can happen, it honestly can happen, that, that that's in the 30%. That's something that has been cultivated and is what was paid for to be designed to be marketable in some way, hopefully I mean, you put, you invest money in something, you hope to get some sort of return on your investment. But with the other things, with that 70% of the chaotic creativity that exists in the, in the digital ether, it's so much more natural and organic because there's nobody who was actually, who was actually thinking about that, at that very moment that it was creative, except for that one person or couple people, depending on if they actually like made graphics, etc. So there's this, you know, the, the, the internet in and of itself, while being it, its own unique thing, just on its face, it generates a- unique things. I would I would argue that it's a par- the internet is a paradox. It's both the most unique and yet the most bland and unoriginal uh, um, source uh, site. I mean, I don't know what you can call the internet nowadays, but it, it's essentially the most unoriginal and original thing ever conceived by mankind. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Is it? I don't know if it really is, but I think depends it's, on what I aspect it, you focus on. Well, I would argue that it's original in its design and concept alone, unoriginal in execution. I could agree with that definitely, uh, because the whole point of the, the whole point of the internet, the original concept was. It is a unique way to store and process information. Um, it was going to be essentially the digital highway of information, and that it is cert- and for and for that it has most certainly succeeded. The downside to it is that it had to be the storage of all information of essentially everyone who takes part of the internet ever since it's gone public, and we have learned whether for good or for ill just to what extent did that mean i mean if we look at like the library of alexandria for instance where it used to be the hub of knowledge throughout the entire ancient world it eventually got burned down i don't know what you're going to do with the internet but uh there are people who want it burned down in, in the most metaphorical way, and uh, I can't quite blame them for it. 
there will always be push and pull when it comes to anything in, in this world. There will be people who enjoy something. There will be people who dislike something. There will be people who outright violently oppose something. But could you if make you, that argument that it's justified for the internet? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely could. If you wanted me to actually break down the, the, so, the socioeconomic reasons why the internet should go away, it's merely a matter of just sitting down and breaking down exactly what the drawbacks of having a globally connected world is. No, we can we can discuss that another time. It's outside the topic anyway. So we maybe that could be another topic for another time. I was just uh, humoring the question as a means of a of a little bit of humor. No, no, and and I and I, I I'm with you on that. It's just that that it, it's not just a humorous thing. There are movements that look at the internet as something that has gotten out of control, and it's it, for various reasons. If you look at it from a con, from a consumer aspect, it is it is it is uh, it is turned commodities into something that is a frivolous nature. Beyond beyond what it was before, you can okay. go and pretty much buy anything. There's no scarcity with regards to the internet because as long as you have coin, they, they will be able to get you what you want and pretty much anywhere as long as you're willing to do the legwork to find it. Okay, so pertaining to the topic at hand, then, well, I'll use that. Uh, so if uh, if all ideas are essentially derivative of one another, would you argue that something like the internet has uh, stifled previous no, previously effective ideas like before, such as the aforementioned uh, marketplace? Yes, because what it has done is it has made the marketplace nearly infinitely large. Large on the digital aspect, but I'm talking about the physical marketplace. Are you talking about making it obsolete? Yes. Like, does it, or does it make that obsolete? Does it further weaken the idea? Or we get, are we approaching the, obs, no, the, uh, the, the threshold of physical marketplaces being obsolete? That's that's an interesting question because I would say yes and no. Um, the obsolescence of the physical marketplace is only as much as people are willing to get up and go to said marketplaces. When you look at stuff like perishable goods it's still 60 40 in favor of physical interaction okay. as far as buying groceries and per and other perishable goods, because you still need to physically handle them at time of purchase to be aware of their quality. And that's if you're, buying, if you're buying oranges off of Amazon, you don't know what you're going to get stuck with and you're Maybe. not going to wait. You're not going to wait to go and return them to get okay. others. You're just going to go buy oranges and that's fair. That's understandable. But just as you mentioned, there does the existence of marketplaces, uh, online marketplaces that do offer perishable goods. Uh, and I would argue that those types of those types of uh, apps and online uh, stores are currently in their infancy. So if it improves, I would argue that there would be uh, once those are perfected, that physical marketplaces would eventually become completely obsolete. Not completely. I, I disagree with that because when, what you end up having is something else that would pop up that would overtake the internet in, in functionality. Whereas the internet and the, and the, and the digital marketplace are something that can be used for exchange, which honestly, as far as the concept of eBay, Craigslist, things like that, it gave a unique avenue for people where they didn't have to go through all the legwork and put a flyer on a, on a, you know, a light pole in some hope that someone would actually buy their car. They could post something and actively sell their stuff with, with minimal uh, middleman influence. So of that, the marketplace will definitely continue to change in that regard. But as like I said, when it comes to perishable goods and things, the infancy of the internet aspect of it, yes, 
they do sell perishable goods. I can buy hot sauce off of Amazon. I could buy food off of Amazon. But what you have to understand is, is that there's still stuff in place where, where you had things that COVID ended up making much more popular and much more prevalent, like curbside delivery or uh, uh, pickup uh, on site, things that you just basically di- type into your phone and either it's brought to you or you are, or it's dumped into the back of your vehicle. Okay, you're still so, interacting with the marketplace physically in that regard to an extent because it okay. still has to be given to you. So yeah, so physically, so essentially, they the physical market has adapted to meet the meet the demand of the uh, of the public. That's fair enough, and that I would argue is indeed good ingenuity and adaptation to uh, a crisis, if not for a changing uh, changing world. And that is uh, something I can I can find commendable. Yeah, and the, the thing is, is that when you, what you have to break down, at least for, and I'm going to use generational theory in this, and Phil will be will roll his eyes when I do, but that's fine. Different generations have different attachments to human interaction, and within the physical marketplace, there is a, a, there's a certain level of interaction with other people that allows you to dip your toe into socialization with within the human society to your comfort level while you're picking up goods and the and each generation has a a greater adherence to the the physical marketplace based on this obviously when you start to head into the younger millennial generation uh and uh and and the gen z and gen alpha when they you know start to make make their heading in the world it's going to be less necessary for them to do that because they were born in play in, during times when digitization was starting to become much more prevalent. Whereas yourself, myself and others, we can adapt to it, but it's not a comfortable thing that we're adapting to. And for the boomer generation and older Gen X, I can't imagine that they're even remotely happy about it because I've seen especially during COVID, the amount of frustration that was occurring that people couldn't go and interact with other people. It wasn't about for them. It wasn't about, you know, being selfish for them. It was trying to still stay connected to a world that they felt isolated by, even though that was the intent all along. I mean, yeah, true. Um, So with that being said, if we're going with generational theory here, we can assume also that the uh, adaptations that the next couple of generations are going to do might affect your uh, prediction on the validity of the physical marketplace in the future. Yeah. Everything falls away to the concept of, of, of improvement. And I, get, yeah. and I get that. And you could even swing that back into the concept of, uh, of the derivative nature of ideas too, because Things happen now so quickly as far as inspiration and technology and uh, narrative work, art. Things happen so quickly and they're, vi- and they're visible to people within seconds of being created in most cases. Yes. That's, where you're going to, that's where you're going to start having uh, the, the, these eureka moments that are just happening out of nowhere. It's going to be... And, and, that's why I don't think the concept is not, there's no way that we've hit market saturation levels as far as the, uh, the, the feel, the market of ideas are concerned. There's still so much left to cover. And if you're talking about flat out immediate uniqueness, yes, the percentage is extremely low for unique things, flat out unique things that weren't, you know, created off of the back of another thing to occur because the general building blocks of our society are already in place. We're at yeah. the, we are at the moment where we're at improvement or uh, what would be the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, creative, uh, creative adaptation is the best well, word. Any, if, you're, if you're going with that thought, then it simply proves the point that everything is indeed derivative because it, because I, it's, 
it comes to the understanding that it's not about whether or not you can create and develop a completely original thought or an idea. It's about what you can take from what you see around you and what you experience and create something new out of it. If we, for an example, for would be like the concept of flight. It's been, it, it's a relatively, people like to think that it's a relatively new idea um, since we've been flying relatively for about a little over a century, thanks to the contribution of that of the Wright brothers. But we've always been flying for, or I should say we have always been flying, um, but we've been flying for much longer in much more primitive ways. We've always had the concept of flight uh, within humanity. Hell, if you go back 500 years, um, you had uh, Leonardo da Vinci who came up with several designs of prototype helicopter style planes um, and even had the idea of prototype submarines. I was like, these, if we want to go for, uh, um, you know, underwater exploration, like these ideas have been going around for centuries, despite the fact that the mastery and the common, the, the, the Commonwealth of, uh, a, a flight is only relatively recent. Like, the one thing that that humanity is can be very good at at the very um, at the very basic level is getting an idea and honing and, and honing and perfecting it. We can be quite excellent at that, and it's led to the results of the society we have today. Okay. So it, it, by that by that metric, there it goes even further back. But my 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 counter to that would be, if you're talking about raw primal idea, yes, everything's derivative if you look at it from that perspective. But realization is not the same as imagination. You can think of all the things you want. Hell, Jules Verne is another. A great example of somebody who had very futuristic ideas for the time that 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 person was alive. So, in the in and of that self, that person never created any of the technology that they were talking about, even if they had brainstormed something similar to that, and maybe even created a prototype at some point. If it never got off the ground as a successful device, because of because of the nature of science too. Things have well, to be tried and retried and you know brought well, back to the drawing board numerous times before they themselves are functional in the concept of reality. Absolutely. So, yes, so you're absolutely correct, but it's a 50-50 split. All things are derivative in the in the pool well of ideas. Sure. All things aren't derivative in the execution of said ideas. That and that that's the part where I will agree one hundred percent. Like I said, it it requires it's not about whether or not you have uh, whether you have a completely original idea. It's how you take from what you, it's how you take from your surroundings and create something new. It's the concept of uh, recycling ideas, and that's something that can be uh, that that is why you have. Um, all sorts of different types of, if we go with literature, for example, all different kinds of stories that while may borrow an idea or two, maybe a few, and are still wholly original regardless. Because it's not about whether, it's not about the sum of the parts. It's what you can create them into. Fair enough. And that's really where we where we are now because of the market saturation that the internet brings, and the the the, the globalization of ideas. Things so I, happen in ways that that, that are much more um, organic in nature. Okay. Because and 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 I say that as more of an observation. When you're looking at it, it seems much more organic because you can see it in real time being formulated. Okay, then. Whereas then before, everything kind of happened in pockets. You couldn't tell if somebody had taken something from someone else. 
until well after that person had already profited from it. I mean, look Absolutely. at it. Look at, look at Thomas Edison, and I mean, the, the, any and any allegations about like Albert Einstein. Yeah, that actually, that's a perfect that's a perfect point uh, because uh, many people like to make the argument that had um uh, had. Damn it. I forgot his name too. So <laughs> I feel bad for him now, but uh, had, there was always the complaint that Thomas Edison stole uh, uh, Tesla. Tesla. Thank you. Nicholas Tesla. Thank you. Uh, um, that he stole Tesla's ideas and that because he had done so uh, the world was deprived for free electricity. Um now, I don't know if you want to argue with that particular point. I don't know how he could have made that possible, but all right. But I think the I think I want to propose this question with this. Uh, do, pe do you think people obsess too much with the concept of originality? Yes, absolutely. Do you absolutely. think – so if that's being the case – but uh, hold on, hold on. Let me ex let me let me tell you why okay. I why I think that is the case because right because of because of litigation litigious reasons. I think originality is something that people strive for because of the way different patent and copyright systems in our in the differing governments function. Okay, so you're speaking on a more on a more modern uh, perspective on this. Okay, fair enough. Absolutely, because you, you when you look at that kind of when you look at that particular that particular subject, people are striving for originality because of because they don't want to be sued on the off chance somebody already did come up with something similar, whether it be music related, whether it be an invention of some kind, whether it be an IP. These are or, situations that people perpetu are perpetually worried about some sort of not having some sort of originality for two, or, that and, 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 the, and, and the digital mob is extremely overcritical about about originality for anything, no matter what it is. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't entirely say so that that's, um, that I would entirely say that would be the case. Otherwise, people would be raging angry about how Disney had taken all of its success from, uh, you know, what should be um, uh, public domain properties. But most of Disney's success is due to public domain uh, or what should be public domain figures. Peter Pan, Snow White, um, Dumbo, uh, Heck, even Mickey Mouse themselves is supposed to be public domain by the end of next year. Just to get you to un understand just how much Disney in particular is one major example of how it does not care about originality, but rather that it just essentially sponges off of creative works from either from within their own within their own domain or from long dead creators from different backgrounds so at least in their particular case they're pretty much they're pretty much jack offs because they manipulated the copyright system to work in their benefit and harm everybody else in the process the reason why many of them are afraid of getting sued into oblivion is because when Disney was about to lose rights to many of those IPs, they they rigged the law system and lobbied to have them change the copyrights to extend their um their their copyright claim. For so it makes it that much harder for uh, uh, smaller creators such as you know if we want to be technical about it such as ourselves to be able to write original works because if it in any way reflects or can be uh, mistaken with one of Disney's works then it becomes a serious problem heck 
we've already gotten to the point where that one fellow who apparently looked like Loki from the Marvel's Avengers movies and Disney threatened litigation against him. It's like he he can't help it. He looks like the dude. What do you want him to do? Change his face? You want him to go to plastic surgery? You gonna pay for it? What is wrong with you guys? Well, that could that particular um case that, that particular uh situation can be levied against any major business that has a stake in a particular intellectual property that they themselves have filched off of someone else. And if you look at a lot of what Disney had done, it's anybody's, it's anybody's guess whether they had improved upon the public domain versions that had already existed or not. If you've read any of the books of the, of the stuff that they had covered, you probably feel one way or another about it. If you're looking at it from a particular standpoint of it was what Disney do did uh, abhorrent absolutely they were the the level of consolidation and amalgamation of the different thing different intellectual properties that they had taken and salvaged over the course of the time of, the, of their history is such that if you were looking at it from a pers- from a modern perspective versus what it was at inception it's not even the same creature at, in some cases which is one of the reasons why Disney got away with a great deal of what they did. It's transformative. And that's the major thing that a lot of people are very, very uh, cautiously optimistic about when they are creating something that has an existing trope or an existing IP that they are either improving on or altering in some way. They're hoping that they have enough change done that it could be considered a transformative work. And that's, and that's also fine. where the deriv and that's where the derivative uh, stigma is the strongest is transformative work because the amount of different ways that you can tra- turn something transformative quote unquote is nearly limitless in and of itself a more limitless I'd imagine than just be creating something out of out of thin air yeah and I I can understand and that's fair enough but then you have the legal red tape where uh, a lot of people, I should say a lot of companies, and in particular Disney, abuse. Because we go back to the internet once more. If you look at the content creators on YouTube, for instance, they will be intimidated to use um, character Disney characters, such as Mickey Mouse, if it's because even transforming them entirely from being, you know, the company mascot who's over, who's very, you know, who's cheerful, happy, to you know, the complete antithesis uh, uh, of its caricature would still bring a legal lawsuit against them just because it just because they can attempt to do so not necessarily successfully but you know it's kind of difficult to ignore the intimidation tactics of a multi-billion dollar company affronted by their represented with lawyers not exactly the best way not exactly you know worth it to a lot of those creators yes and that is the reason why originality is such an important part for many people when it comes to creating and and, but the problem with it is is that you do hit a particular snag because as you start trying to formulate something new you're delving into your own personal life experiences to create these things. And you're going to eventually step on someone's toes in the process is, is the rationale that's usually being used for uh, the, the derivative nature of, of, of such. And, and, and Phil has always stated this when, when it comes to creating new intellectual properties, he said his statement is, is take with both hands and then, mold it to the mold it to the way that you want it to be after you you've acquired everything that you want which is very difficult to do but it's not the worst idea if you're if your philosophy is everything's derivative why even worry about it true i can i can understand that and i think that it, every, 
I think the fair point for the derivative, the ideas all being derivative, is that there should be an understanding of the fact that not every idea is going to be wholesomely original, depend um, on the uh, strictest of definition. But I think we've gone to the point where originality or or the the concept of the derivative nature of creativity is being challenged by the concept of, I don't want to say ownership, because it, all of a sudden now that makes me sound socialist, if that's, <laughs> but I guess that would be the best way to explain it. Fair enough. Now, as far as solutions to the concept, like we're going on the impression that everything is derivative. What avenues are left to people if that is the case? You do transformative work? Okay, that it, that, that is one way of going about it, but the amount of effort it would take to do that in regards to making it making it your own might be more work than a lot of people are willing to do i mean but, we could we could use the today the teenage mutant ninja turtles as an example because the whole concept of that series is to or at least from its inception it was the mockery of the current of at the time comic book industry and it's gone on. It's undergone several dozen uh, reboots and changes throughout its span. I don't think it's impossible, but I. But just like any other idea that gets honed, it does require a little bit of care and actual, you know actual interest in my personal opinion to be able to craft an original ideal from that uh, respective property now say what you will about the mo about the more modern variants of the ninja turtles jesus christ i don't know what i even am looking at anymore personally but you you can at least make the argument that at least the there are multiple writers that have, or I should say, multiple series of writers that have been essentially reinvigorating them since since the beginning, and that is at least commendable, because then you have shows like The Simpsons that. While their teams have uh, also changed, the quality is certainly noticeable. And their show hasn't really evolved much. Sorry, I know, I know it was weird, but... Well, no, you're not wrong. If you look at the history of The Simpsons, which is arguably one of the longest running primetime shows in history at the moment. I'm sure there might be a, 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 a soap opera that might beat it out, but that's, yeah, that's, I would, that's, daytime, that's daytime, not primetime. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, we're not going to try and even compete with like Sesame Street because yeah, Sesame Street's probably still the longest running uh a show in in existence for the time being, but that ran going in back the 50s, to right, what's up? That ran in the fifties, right? Sixties uh, or seventies, I believe, is when the Sesame no, Street. I'm sure it was the early sixties. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. As you were. <laughs> um, with regards to the Simpsons, though, they've never made any illusion about the fact that they were going to evolve. In fact, that, that, that their stock is in the fact that while they're going to try new things with, with narrative, they themselves were never going to change the core 
uh, characters, like what they are, not who they are, because that has changed over time. Absolutely. But like, it's still the same Simpsons family. Nothing's gotten added or subtracted in the many years that they've been around. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to really argue with that. Now, side characters aren't, aren't the same as the main character cast. And that's really where you, you do have a lot of changes, obviously, but you know, people come and go and have died and et cetera. So you really can't do much with that. And, you know, the whole controversy with with Apu and, and Hank Azaria and that shit is its own separate headache that I don't really want to delve too much into because it's it starts to border into another subject matter and I'd like to stay on stay on track with that. But That's Simpsons cool. is a good example of a of the starch of reality because it's been the same for so long. And everybody who is ever anybody who's li- who's watched it for long enough it does seem like something that might have run its course maybe five or 10 years ago, but if they're still willing to make it and the company that, you know, allows them to make it are letting them stay around. Clearly that viewpoint is not held by the people who hold, who hold the cards. So either they see a value in it being, being around or they just see no, no way to end it in in an effective manner, which, going with how long it's gone maybe it is just a runaway train at this point there are a lot of ips that kind of fall into that category i would argue that the simpsons is the western version of pokemon just simply that it's been such a juggernaut throughout the years and that people still look forward to new seasons of the simpsons just in the same way that fans still look forward to new pokemon games despite their mediocre quality yeah it's it becomes a an institution in and of itself and that's really where a lot of people have their opinions about those particular things but it's because of that particular scenario that they themselves have a high pedestal to fall from at the end of everything of course because at this point, we know at least when it comes to those two properties, they're not necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily generating new ideas like they like they used to, or at least nothing, nothing substantial. But it has gained a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of uh, goodwill towards its fans. And it didn't ha- uh, it, the the pushing of their merchandise certainly certainly helped with that front on a significant significant level. So at the very least, when it comes to the marketing, they're they're still quite brilliant, so so to speak. Very true. They still have the pockets of inspiration to be able to make something much more interesting. It also helps that they, when they go to the well, they, they, it's not because the actual core concepts are pretty static. They can be a lot more creative with everything around those particular uh, installations to be able to make something much more appealing or much more entertaining containing those particular things. So I'll give you that. All right. So that's 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 one aspect at the very least that they can still be rather creative in, if not necessarily in the original works themselves, but at the very least in marketing. So at least we have something there. That's good. I guess. I, I think at this point it's if you are if you are a creative individual and you're concerned with and obviously we're not lawyers when we make this statement, so don't take this as legal advice. No. But in the avenue of creativity, it's still limitless within your, own, within your own personal paradigm. So don't feel as though you can't create something that might have parallels to something else in your own personal usage. Because no one's going to come to your house and burn all of your paperwork, at least not yet. Give it time. I'm sure anything's possible. Now there, I know we only ha- we only have so much time, but I do want to add to this. There is nothing wrong with having uh, an idea that's not so wholly original. I mean, 
you you can only go so far with having original ideas and concepts but just like anything else if you can do it well then i don't think the target demographic that you're aiming at is going to even consider it much you will always have detractors that will point that out of course but i mean that can be said for just about any franchise idea or you know or product you're never going to convince your detractors that your ideas are wholesomely or organic they're just looking for ways to if if you know at the bare minimum if they're not legitimately criticizing your work that is the easiest most common basic retort they could come up with nowadays so at the very least if you are coming up with product i mean we see that literally all the time we see ideas be uh, inspired by other ideas and they market them to the best of their ability. Now, success varies. It's never going to be guaranteed, of course, but at the very least, you can understand that the possibility is there. And given the, um, given the current state of things, you could almost argue that it's downright inevitable. True. I think I think to summarize everything from what we've talked about, I think if you look at look at it, if you look at the 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 argument of derivative nature in ideas, it's a 50-50 split. It, it when it comes to the actual well of ideas that everyone draws from is still nearly limitless with regards to what can be created and, and, and in what original forms it can take because your mind, your imagination is only bound by the, what, by what you can envision with regards to act with regards to regards to applied ideas, advancements, technologies, inventions, the, that I believe it's it's a narrowing pathway for good and for bad. You you have the you, it's it's a way to filtrate things that may fall off either because of obsolescence, because some things might just not things that you create might either not be effective in one way or another if it's something that's an invention or not, might not be interesting to some to to a bigger demographic beyond you and maybe a few other people it, it really ends up being uh it, it, the, the the concept of it, that particular situation is very much a risk reward scenario and it's how much of yourself that you're willing to put out there to make something a reality fair enough the concept of the original idea may have plateaued but there's nothing wrong with taking what exists and crafting it into something new. If there's anything that this world, even in nature, has taught us, is that good ideas can be used to create even better ones. And while there, and while there, and while there is a significant lack of original ideas in the world today, we are never going to be at absolute zero original ideas. So never assume that we're done with new ideas because once we break into new avenues of thought at new avenues of reality, a whole new well of new ideas, new original ideas will spring forth because of that. We end up venturing into space as more of a commercialized idea we're living in space. There's a whole nother set of ideas that are going to start welling up from that. We are only contained by the avenues with which we are allowed to actually think. Of course. And who knows? Maybe you, listener, will be a part of that contribution. With that being said, I think we've covered quite a bit in this episode. What say you, good sir? Absolutely. This was this was great. 
Wonderful. Thank you for bringing up this topic. I think it was a I think it was filled it had quite the wealth of uh, knowledge to explore. I enjoyed myself. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next week. We'll have a new topic ready for you. Till then, keep your not keep keep yourself sober so that you may be drunk with knowledge. Thank you for listening in to the Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. We are humbled that you have given us your time to listen to us discuss things. If you would like to hear more from us, you'd like to see more from us, uh, I have personally a account on Twitter under the name of Ragnarok Knight. My co-host here also has an account on Twitter as well. He goes under the name of Punk Toast. We also have a Facebook page under the name of Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. If you would like to uh, check that out for updates on when we have our sessions. We also have our voicemail link in the show notes. We will be having voicemails read during the course of our records going forward, as long as there are voicemails to be, re- to be listened to. Um, any further inquiries on that, uh, do feel free to PM either of us on Twitter, or you can go through the actual Facebook page to ask us any queries as well. Thank you so much to all of you. Safe travels to you all. Cast off, friends. <laughs>